you know, I love Jesus. Why do I have to go to church? Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. While we can worship God without attending church, God calls us into a community of believers for a reason. stressful things you can do in life. Have you done it a few times? Mm. Physically, emotionally, and socially. I mean, it affects everything. And by its very nature, moving brings sorrow and separation. It brings endings, sometimes necessary endings, as well as the anticipation of new beginnings. And when you're moving a family, the complications and the stressors get bigger. While this move means an exciting new job or a promotion for you, Your spouse may be leaving the work and the people that gave her purpose. Your children may be leaving friends and the comfort of a familiar school and the old neighborhood for unchartered territory. You have to find a new church for your family where everybody can connect and belong. But why is it so hard? As fellow believers, it seems like we should be able to relate to our brothers and sisters and easily fit into any Christian school. But it doesn't work that way, does it? I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and this is Life, Love, and Family. While we can worship God without attending church, God calls us into a community of believers for a reason. Making connections and learning to love one another in unity, it's essential to grow, it's essential for our well-being. We'll look at what gets in the way and practical suggestions to help your next church move be a positive experience. Kara's in the studio with me. I remember the challenges my family and I faced the last time that we changed churches. Yes. We still lived in the same house, so we didn't you know, technically have to move, but we believed that God was calling us out. Right. It becomes more complicated when you don't really have to move because then everybody starts questioning, well, maybe it's good for you, but maybe it's not so good for you, and... We're wondering, you know, was this really God's will for us? Right. You bring up a point. What do you do when God has called you out of the church you've been at for a long time? I mean, it's been home. But the rest of the family members, they're not hearing the same message. Or maybe they don't want to go. Finding a new church home is difficult enough without trying to convince and to have other family members follow along when they're not really in agreement. And you've got the youth that is liking something at one church and connecting, and you have family members at different ages. How do you begin? Where do you compromise? Where do you hold your ground? How do we do this as a family? What are the most important ingredients to have a successful transition that we can look back on and go, I'm glad we did this. Mm. It was the right thing. Well, one thing for sure. If there is a wound 
from a previous church or we're leaving a church setting where there where we've been wounded and it's an emotional wound it's a spiritual wound and we're going from that situation of being wounded and we're finding a new current church because you know I'm we're hurt we got to find another place to go it's got to be a safer place let me suggest that without resolution that scar will and does follow you mm. and it will affect your relationships it'll affect your ability to get along well with others it'll affect your ability to trust and to jump back in it'll affect your ability to receive from god in a new church setting i know of situations where people have gone from setting to setting in other words from church to church looking for really the ideal or the perfect church and they've just done nothing but carry wounds and drug them through each of the different groups. Mm. This happens. I founded a place called The Center, now over 30 years ago. It's The Center, a place of hope. And we have worked for many years with individuals who have been wounded in a church environment, and it's taken them down a path, ultimately of self-destruction. They've been wounded, they haven't figured out forgiveness, and they have been hurt by Christians, and now they hurt themselves in different ways by pulling back from being in social settings, pulling back from being in church, pulling back from really serving God, losing gratitude in their life. They've pulled back, they've isolated, and we know that a person who isolates wages war within themselves, mm. and that that isolation will ultimately create self-destruction and i know that there are many christians who have been hurt and boy they can abuse one another they can be a specialist at this emotional or physical or spiritual abuse topic i wrote a book on i know the pain of this but i also know that many believers will associate all this hurt and pain as though god himself did it and then you're mad at god now, not just injured by the people that you were hurt by, but now you're injured and you are projecting that onto God, and so your relationship with God is affected. Well, I can tell you, there are some things you've got to work through to really better understand this is not a pattern I want to have in my life, and I can step outside of what really reality is. God didn't do this for me, but... Uh, I'm angry at God. I think it's okay to tell God you're angry at God, but if you're isolating, if you isolate and rage against yourself, then your relationship with Christ will be affected. And you will have trouble in a new church home to find connection, to have relationships. We've seen this pattern for years and years. So I, I want to bring this out because this is the kind of emotional pain that you don't see outwardly scars from it, but boy, inside are bruises and at times deep scars. They're wounds you can't see, but they're really there. Have you been isolating and waging war within yourself? You know, the center is a place of hope. 888-771-5166. So when you talk about trying to find a new church home, I'm, I'm just curious, do you think a person can feel that same sense of family, that same sense of belonging in a mega church, you know, one of those great big places like they do in a smaller church? 
I believe this is a matter of, ultimately, it may be a matter of attitude. Okay. I can build relationships anywhere. Right. And I can choose that. And so it's the context that I'm going to approach this. Some people might say, oh, I just got to be in a small church, have the relationships. Well, okay. That was a decision that you made, and so be it. Both smaller churches and great big ones have both positive and negative. Because I really know that you can build a relationship anywhere. A smaller church, maybe people are going to greet you by name in the lobby. They're going to recognize you. Mm -hmm. That may be important to you. They may even call to check in on you if you miss a couple Sundays because there's only 20 people in the church. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Whatever it is, Right. right? So that may matter to you. On the other hand, you may be called to volunteer all the time. Boy, I've seen that. Or you feel like, the church needs me and I end up feeling I'm manipulated into even giving more financially and doing more. People know your business. If it's a small church, you know, gossip may spread quicker mm-hmm. and may be pretty common. You know, there's, so there's positive and negative. Of course, there's usually fewer classes or special programs, but it's what, what are you needing and looking for now? What is going to minister God's love to you? As long as we keep looking towards people in a church, whether it's large or small, to meet all of our needs, we're going to be set up for a real problem. So are you projecting those expectations? Because they're going to offer so many things. I'm going to expect a lot of needs to be met. And sure, there could be a lot of services, more choices, groups and classes you can join. Maybe that Sunday morning's pretty inspiring. There's top-notch teaching worship music that is that professional quality Mm -hmm. and there can be a lot of opportunities to serve throughout the community but it may not be meeting certain needs that you have you may not be missed if you don't show up in addition to size some of the main reasons that people cite for not feeling connected to a church they don't like the style the style of teaching the worship the music you know all those things are always picked on and if you're in a Certain church, you don't like how financial decisions are being made. There may not be really what you want to see happen. You know, we talk about the walk and the talk. And that maybe the church doesn't have a specific program, such as recovery programs or active youth ministry. Guess what? We can always find something wrong. Always. So when we move into a setting where we're needing to find a new church home for whatever reason. If we're going into that, Kara, with an eye for what is wrong, what's potentially wrong, and we're getting what I'll call a negative perspective before really investing, be careful about that. That's going to set you up for unfulfilled expectations. We have a question from Nancy. She says that her husband, Bob, is really disillusioned by the church. He was raised in a difficult family life where Sundays were more of a punishment than a joy. And so it's taken her a long time, 10 years of married life before he had even consent to go to church. And so they found a church or invited into a small group and he really seemed to flourish there. He loved the couple. He loved the home. He loved all the people that were meeting. He was really growing. And then all of a sudden the leader couple of this small group announced they were getting a divorce and the group fell apart. And now 
Bob, once again, doesn't want to go to church at all. Sure. And we've got our eyes on people and people will disappoint. Right. So let's go into every setting with the knowledge that there's a potential for disappointment and things happen that are totally out of our control. Isn't it true? This is where we've got to keep our eyes on, on God and on God's word because people will do things that A, are hurtful and B, disappointing and three, surprising. Mm. And so if you've been surprised or disappointed, if we use that as a reason to exit a church, we're just carrying that hurt right out the door onto the next church. If you feel that you're at risk spiritually and emotionally because you don't have a church to call home, the center is a place of hope. 888-771-5166. So Dr. Jance, if there's a couple that are newly married and they came from very different church backgrounds, you know, one went to a really contemporary service, praise band, the pastor's wearing Mm -hmm. jeans, Mm -hmm. and the other one, the pastor's in robes and they have a choir and all that. How should the two of them as a couple start their look for a church. Have a family meeting or a time where you get together and take a pad, each of you have a pad, and do the simple questions of what is important to you in church. So is that the message that I ministered that way, the music, what's important? Just list out those things that have been really important to you before. And then next to that, put a rating, 10 being really great. How high of a rating do I give each of these things? Now, not everything you've written down can have a 10 rating. Okay? <laughs> all these are, are that important to me. So we've written them down, and then you're going to share. Each of you take a turn. And here's what I'd like you to be willing to do. There's a compromise among the couple or among the family where – we're going to take those things that are uh, maybe not that high to us, but it was to our spouse, and create a master list together. Maybe it's six, seven things. Maybe it's 10 things that you really are high priorities for the both of you together. We can share this joint list together. And then we need to, with, without judgment, here's the key. Mm. Without judgment, we're going into the new church setting or settings. We're asking ourselves after a service, how are we feeling about the experience of the church? Is it moving us towards these things we've written on our priority list? Here's what not to do. Don't judge a service or an experience only one time. Mm-hmm. We always tell somebody when they're even looking for a counselor, give it at least three times. There is a getting to know. There's the second time where you see things you didn't see before. And there's a third time where I'm just really more open to see and to process and ask the Lord, Lord God, help make the way clear so that we can make the best decision for our family. I've personally gone through this and this is something that we've actually done ourselves. And there were some areas that I had compromise on. Now, we're not compromising on God's word being taught or appropriate, we're not talking about that. Our compromise probably is more around preferences And our compromise could be around size. Our compromise could be around music. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of my family, what's the best choice? For the sake of my family, what's the best choice? We have a question from Jennifer that's kind of related to that. She says, the hardest part of finding a good church home is finding a good youth group. 
She says every time she finds a place that she and her husband are happy with the teaching or feel like it's relevant to them, her kids come out from the youth group and are very unhappy. And she says when they've found places where the kids are all excited about the youth group, they got donuts or whatever. Yes. The teaching has fallen flat. So she says, my kids are still in middle school. Is this something that my husband and I just basically need to sacrifice and go where they will go for the next seven years? It could be. Where are my kids going to be fed the best? Right. And what are they being pulled towards? Do I have situations where I can really entrust the youth, the youth leader? Am I watching the kids with their peer group? Right. Are they building peer relationships that are with other Christian kids? Mm-hmm. Boy, that is so valuable. Right. And to have them feel a part of a peer group that is a positive Christian group. Would I be willing to sacrifice what I may want in a church? And I'd have to say I would need to. As a mom, I can say it's really tough sometimes to find that youth group that works really well for your kids. And that is such a huge blessing when you find it. It's kind of worth it. We also want to look at what do I have that I can contribute? Where am I giving? And I don't mean financially. Right. Because if I'm just going to show up and expect the church to give me everything, that's probably going to have some limited ramifications. I probably will be unhappy. I will end up always finding what's wrong. But if I can go with an attitude that I'm going to contribute in some way, right, and I'm going to be a contributing member of this group, that changes some dynamics. We have a question from Don. He's joining us and he says, when is it okay to start looking for a new church? His former pastor retired and the new pastor is all about preaching guilt and condemnation. Uh, oh, good. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe you don't have enough of that and just going for an extra dose. <laughs> we all need extra of that, right. Well, Don's wife feels like it would feel like betrayal to her friends at the current church they're going to if they left. She's also involved in the women's ministry there, but Don's not sure how much longer he can stick it out. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is, we're back to our assignment of writing down what we're looking for. Right. Hey, one of the things to look for is, am I walking away with negative emotions? Do I feel guilty? Am I leaving with anger, frustration, or fear? Those emotions. And here's the thing. If I am going to church and God convicts me and I feel guilty about something, that's different. Right. That's good. (laughs) Okay. And I need to take action to that. But if I go to church and there's a style of preaching or teaching that is more of a guilt inducement in order to motivate me to do things, that probably is not going to work. I can create a toxic spiritual environment. We talk about this in the book on emotional abuse that I did. There's a whole section on the spiritual abuse. If I'm being fed in such a way that I feel constant guilt, frustration, or fear, I'm probably not growing. If you just joined us today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about how to make connections in a new church body. And Dr. Jancis mentioned his book, Hope and Healing from Emotional Abuse. And it's a wonderful resource. There's a whole new chapter on spiritual abuse. And it's, it provides some really good strategies, first of all, to find out if this is a problem that's happened at your former church and why you might want to move on to the next one. And also it has some wonderful tips for how to overcome this kind of hurt and pain so you don't carry those wounds from one church to the next. You can find the book, Hope and Healing from Emotional Abuse, 
at the center. The website there is aplaceofhope.com. And it's a, a wonderful way also of connecting with Dr. Jantz there as well. The center, the phone number is 888-771-5166. We have a question from Stu. He says, it's really hard to make connections to a church as a single adult in your 40s. It feels like everything's geared towards the families. At my church, there are classes to help with losing your spouse or to help you get over your divorce. But I never married, so it doesn't apply. Stu says that he works a lot. He doesn't have time really for Bible study homework. And he's not really interested in dating right now. So how does he get plugged in? Hmm. What I'm catching there is, is Stu is telling us what he's willing to not do. Mm-hmm. And if Stu wants certain things to happen, Stu's going to have to say, guess what? I got to jump back in. Now, maybe I jump in one foot at a time. But as long as I'm going to say, I don't really feel like doing this or that, I'm sorry, Stu, you're going to need to put out some effort and decide in order for things to change for me, I may have to reinvest. I may have to go to that group. I may have to show up to that service or that setting and do a little bit more than show up. I may have to actually talk to people, engage and be engaging in order for other doors to open. That's my first warning sign is listing out what I'm not going to do or what I feel like I'm not going to do. You're not going to get the results you want. So, Stu, it's time to get back in the game. And you have some things that are great and unique about you that you can really offer to others and be willing to do that again. Can you talk to us a little bit about why it's so important to be in fellowship like this, I've heard so many people who will say, well, you know, I love Jesus. Why do I have to go to church? So to be in fellowship probably means that I'm willing to have a group or a few people that I'm vulnerable to, mm-hmm. which just says I'm telling the truth. How are you this Sunday? I'm great. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you are. And it's had been a horrible week and you've done some things, you know, that you probably regret. So where am I vulnerable? Where am I willing to say, that I need help or I need prayer? Mm. Where can I really be truthful about how I'm doing? And I don't mean to the whole church, but Mm -hmm. to those maybe in the church or certain people. And fellowship means that I can also ask for others to pray for me and I can pray for others and the power of prayer. And I got to tell you that you know, we've heard the saying, prayer changes things, but to have others in the church that I can go to and say, how can I pray with you? And to actually do that, that's why you need to be in fellowship. Cheryl joined us with a question. She says, I'm a longtime member at a small church. Through the years, I have volunteered in every ministry from bringing food to the shut-ins to serving in the nursery. My problem is I can't seem to say no And every time I finally get out of something, someone else leaves and then someone on the staff approaches me to fill in. I love my church. I want to serve God, but I'm pretty burnt out. And I'm starting to question, is this really God's plan for me or just what's easiest for the church staff? Sue, you are a yes person and probably codependent. And you have served so well that now you're exhausted and you've always filled in all all the cracks and made everything come together so nicely. And now you're exhausted and going to regret that. So you got to decide now, what can I say yes to? And what do I say no to? And it's okay, Sue, to say, I'm sorry, 
that's not going to work out for me right now. Here's where I can help. And, you, and Sue, do that. Right. Do you think that happens more in church environments that people say yes more often than they would in regular life? There may be a sense of an obligation that I have to say yes. Be careful with that. Right. Do something, though. Contribute in some way. Sure. There could be a season, well, maybe I'm just contributing in, in a financial way and I'm not doing other things, but that's a season. Find a way to invest something about yourself into the lives of others. As you look at this today, finding a church home that is one that is vibrant and that it ministers to you and it, you keep growing. Here's how to ask yourself. If I continue in this environment and I'm giving and putting myself in it, in one year's time, what could likely happen? So project it out. Wow, am I going to grow closer to my relationship with God because I'm putting in into this church environment? Am I going to see my kids in a more flourishing way? I know that joining a community of believers is challenging, but we're called to do it. And we're called to build up one another in faith and unity and in the knowledge of God. We've got to do this with one another. Ask him. Help me find this community of believers that he's chosen for me. You've been struggling to fit into a new church home or to find it. And if it seems like there's no perfect place for your family, if you're tempted to worship on your own, if you're worshiping from home of the lazy boy, look farther to invest in relationships. Those messages on television can be good ones too. But look, where can I give of myself? Where can I serve in some way? You can do it. And this is important. I suggest that you'll be healthier for it. Let's make a decision today to find that right community. I'm Dr. Greg Chance. I'm founder of The Center, A Place of Hope, together with Dr. Tim Clinton and Life, Love, and Family. There are resources that are available. And whether the resource is a book or getting you connected in a situation that could be helpful to you, we want to talk with you. Call us, 855 455 3264. And thank you for listening to this program, Life, Love, and Family.
Connect with us at the website lifeloveandfamily.net. We can and we need to find true connection with God's people. There are great surprises sometimes. Investing into God's people in that community is one you will not regret. Life, Love, and Family. Dan was so depressed, all he could do was lay in bed. He tried all different kinds of therapy, programs, medications. Nothing worked. But his wife says as soon as she saw the website, aplaceofhope.com, she knew that that was going to be the key to her husband's healing. And it was. Aplaceofhope.com. They don't just treat depression. They treat the whole person. If you've tried everything and you or someone you love needs help with depression, call 888-771-5166 or find out more. Aplaceofhope.com. Com.